our bodies make steroids. They make hormones from the building block of cholesterol. So I also talk to my patients and my clients about not going too low. Sometimes we see the cardiologists go so low because they want the cardiovascular risk to go down after, let's say, a primary heart attack. There is some evidence to show if you lower that number quite a bit. And secondary heart attacks can be somewhat prevented. But if your body needs cholesterol as a building block to make cortisol, to make your hormones like progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, well, you need some of that building block. Hey, everybody. My name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Pills. I'm Josh Remini, and today we are going to be talking about what supplements or natural things you could use for your cholesterol. I get this question quite a bit where people, either they're resistant to use things like statin medications, or they've heard, or they've had some side effects. So there are some natural things we can do to help cholesterol, because cholesterol is high, and a lot of people, it's one of the trifecta things that happen when in pre-diabetes, if you have high cholesterol, blood sugar dysregulation, and high blood pressure, and overweight, that's sort of the medium for developing type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes. Cholesterol is a really, really important thing for us to figure out, right? And it's not just the number. I want people to understand, we don't want to just talk about lowering the number of cholesterol. Doing more advanced cholesterol tests and things like that with particle size and some other things that are going on are necessary. So if you're looking for ways to interpret your cholesterol, I would highly recommend that you look at an advanced cardiometabolic profile with a highly trained professional going a little bit beyond just the number. But for all intents and purposes of this podcast today, we're going to really talk about the natural things you can use to help with your cholesterol. So let's say you've got high cholesterol. You go and you get your doctor's visit, you get your yearly visit, and he's like, your cholesterol is high. Let's start with diet and lifestyle. So part of diet is, you know, obviously using plant-based foods and things of that nature. But from a supplement perspective, let's talk about what we can do naturally to help lower those numbers because last thing we want to do is take a medication, right? And so if we are at that tipping point where we might need to think about medication, if we can't lower it on our own, that's kind of where a lot of people lie. Let's talk about it. Or if you're taking statins or other medications and you want to reduce the amounts with your healthcare provider, of course, if you want to start de-prescribing them down or escalating them down, obviously, if you can do it with lifestyle and your doctor's okay with it, because you got to your goal or you're getting towards your goal, maybe you can take less medication. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So the first thing I love to talk about with people is the importance of omega-3 fatty acids or quote unquote fish oil. We're going to talk a little bit by why we don't call it fish oil from a clinical perspective, but omega-3s are the active ingredient in fish oil and specifically EPA and DHA. Those are the two components of the omega-3 fatty acids that are found in fish, such as like salmon, sardines, mackerel, and in supplement form. They can help reduce triglycerides. So if your triglyceride levels 
let's call it the blood fat levels of your body, triglycerides, omega-3s can be helpful to help reduce that. And by the way, we're going to do a podcast on the top five supplements everyone needs. Omega-3 is in them. Okay. Everybody is deficient. It's called an essential fatty acid because we need to get it from our diet. We don't make it on our own. Okay. So it's essential to get from the diet. It can lower blood pressure, it can reduce inflammation, and it can help reduce triglycerides, all of which can be helpful to lower cholesterol because in the inflammatory cascade can be a trigger toward, towards cholesterol production. We'll go do a deep dive on omega-3s, but I just want to let people know getting a good high-quality omega-3 can be very helpful in naturally lowering the cholesterol. Plant sterols, these are compounds that come from plants that help block the absorption of cholesterol in the intestines. So let's just say you eat most of our cholesterol is made from our food sources, right? Our bodies make steroids, they make hormones from the building block of cholesterol. So I also talk to my patients and my clients about not going too low. Sometimes we see the cardiologists go so low because they want the cardiovascular risk to go down after, let's say, a primary heart attack. There is some evidence to show if you lower that number quite a bit. And secondary heart attacks can be somewhat prevented. But if your body needs cholesterol as a building block to make cortisol, to make your hormones like progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, well, you need some of that building blocks if you don't have the nutrients of it. So some cholesterol is good. It's the type of cholesterol and why it's moving LDL, HDL, VLDL, these types of things. But from the standpoint of plant sterols, it's inhibiting some of those foods that are containing a lot of the cholesterol. They're also found in things such as orange juice and in supplement form. So plant sterols, you'll see them on labels that are designed around supplement form. So that's one thing you could do. Fiber. Here's another one. Fiber is something that we can get from our diet and we can also supplement from, but if you eat a high fiber rich diet, especially soluble fiber, these are things like an oatmeal, beans, apples, any of the fibrinous containing fruits and vegetables is really helpful in lowering that LDL or bad cholesterol. It also binds to that cholesterol and prevents it from being absorbed in the bloodstream. So again, plant sterols and fiber, fiber is super important for you and it's solely needed. The American standard American diet is lacking fiber. So eat more fruits and vegetables. And if you need to get your fiber content up, you can take it from a soluble perspective in supplement forms. You can also get non-soluble fibers in supplement forms with a blend, but fiber in general is really good. Niacin, a lot of people talk about niacin. It's a form of vitamin B. It's really vitamin B3. And niacin can lower LDL levels and triglyceride levels. And it can also raise the HDL a little bit. So it kind of has that twofer effect. It lowers the bad stuff and it raises the good stuff. It's available in supplement form, but you really got to get some guidance with healthcare providers. There's different types of niacin. There's niacin, niacinamide, which doesn't tend to do as much for the cholesterol side. Really good for dogs, by the way. Niacinamide is an absorbable form for dogs. I've used it in my dog. That's why I knew. And looking at the flush-free versus the not flush-free. So looking at those, all those different types of forms is, again, always going back to the professional grade, like using something that's backed by science, and then being guided with a healthcare provider is kind of important. But generally speaking, 500 milligrams of niacin, if you can get through the flush, sometimes it's not that bad. You can kind of get a tolerance to it. I mean, in other words, you take the supplement every day. 
and then the flushing can sort of subside, that can be really helpful. Another supplement I've used in the past, but I've switched to another supplement. We'll go through that one next. But some people use red yeast rice. Red yeast rice is a supplement that's made by fermenting rice with a type of yeast called, I can't even pronounce it. I'm probably going to butcher it. It's monothocus purpeus. I can't remember how to say that, so forgive me, but it's a type of yeast. And what that does is it makes this compound called monoclonal K. And actually, that's how we found out where statins came from. So red yeast rice acts like a mini statin. And for people that don't know what a statin is, the long form of that is called HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor. So that's what a statin does. But statins are the gold standard in traditional medicine to lower most cholesterol, right? It's known to raise the HDL, lower the LDL, the bad stuff, raise the good stuff but it can carry some side effects. And we'll talk about the side effect profiles of statins on another note, but a lot of the times people can be either statin resistant because it causes muscle aches, or they just have heard so much about it that they don't want to use it. Again, consult your healthcare practitioner if you're on a statin or you're thinking about using statins to really go over the pros and cons. This is not really the conversation for that type of stuff. We want to make sure that's designated with your healthcare provider. But from a red yeast rice perspective, it acts like a mini statin. So it's good from the fact that it has a really good mechanism of action. And this is where the statins drugs became statins, but they can also carry some of the similar side effects. So it's kind of like, let's call it a mini statin. The FDA has warned people against the use of some of these red yeast rice supplements. So that's where a lot of people say, well, we can't use red yeast rice. It's dangerous. Well, it's dangerous if it's not cultivated. Again, it's cultivated by fermenting rice with a type of yeast. So that's how we get the product, right? Well, if that process is not regulated, then there's potential toxic substances that could be grown as well. And if they're not purified or they're not grown in the right medium and they're not third-party lab tested, like we've talked about, you could get potentially harmful effects. The company that we've used, Vinco, V-I-N-C-O, third-party tested, it's organically grown in the United States, and they test it for all those toxins and impurities. And actually, the source that they use to manufacture from has also been clinically studied with validated scientific studies. High degree of confidence with that, but I vetted that. I made sure that everybody could use that. And so... Those are kind of the things that I've used. What I use now instead of red yeast rice, which I use for a mainstay a long time, is using bergamot, but a specific bergamot. Bergamot comes from a citrus. It's only grown, I think, in two places in the world. But what I really love about bergamot, this brand is made by orthomolecular products. It's not bergamot like you think from like an essential oil, like it smells good, it's that citrusy smell. It's these polyphenolithic fractionated. So they take the component of the bergamot and they make it and fractionate it down. This says 38% polyphenolithic fractionated comprised of blank, 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 and blank. Let's just say the active ingredient of bergamot is extracted down and that's what does the good stuff for the cholesterol. Why did I choose bergamot and start moving towards that with my patients, especially the ones that were statin resistant or they're statin intolerant? 
was bergamot has a specific mechanism in the body that's actually unique. It doesn't work like a statin. It doesn't work like red yeast rice. It really works in a different perspective. It works from the perspective of lowering sort of the inflammatory cascade of the arterial wall. And that's really important because that's the new age thinking of why cholesterol is so bad. It's not the number per se all the time. That's important, but not the only factor. It's what's happening on the arterial wall that becomes inflamed and that inflammation causes the arterial wall to create an immune response. And then the immune response, generally, it makes the arterial walls harden. That's what they call atherosclerosis and can be less plastic or less fluid. So it causes the blood pressure issues and the cholesterol to deposit, which causes the hardening of the arteries. So bergamot hits what I would call the root cause of And it's studied. And if anyone ever wants to write a comment, you know, you guys can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, in these places where if you want to learn more, I can send you the link to the study that I've read that compares bergamot, this particular one, this bergamot BPF against Crestor, which is a high potent statin. And it had equivalence as far as lowering the LDL, raising the HDL, component of the cholesterol. So I think it's super safe. And it's also studied in comparable to a statin medication, which is FDA approved. Now, don't go out there and substitute this without direction of your provider or things of that nature. But that's an amazing study because not many supplements are studied against a drug per se. And so that's why I've used it. And I've used it in clinic with really good success. But just make sure that you're, you know, obviously checking in with your healthcare provider that is making these decisions and co-creating these decisions with you. So I love bergamot as my last thing I use. So I use omega-3 fiber and plant sterols from food and bergamot. That's kind of like my trifecta of what I use. And it's just really important to remember, it's not a substitute to take supplements as a substitute for, let's just say, lifestyle changes, medical treatments when necessary, you know, always have to put this disclaimer in here. It's not because I'm invalidating what I'm saying, guys. It's just because, one, we just really need to make sure that we're consulting our healthcare providers before we are engaging in any of these things. This is why I consult people on wellness. This is why I am certified in functional medicine and love clinical nutrition as a pharmacist is because I speak this language and this is what I love to do when I talk to people. But generally, The professional grade stuff has been studied to be what they call generally recognized as safe, but we just want to make sure if you don't know, then consult somebody. That's my tips, tricks, hacks on improving cholesterol. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Obviously, remember to like us, follow us. Please share with your friends if this was useful to you guys. Find me on Facebook or LinkedIn or those areas. And if you have questions, just post them in chat. I'd love to answer those questions that are maybe useful for me to go into another deep dive on a different podcast episode. So thanks for listening, you guys, and stay well. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.